I'm glad you brought that up because that's been something in every transition in my life. Mm -hmm. When I make the decision that I create a different reality for myself and other people, those people who had supported me in the ways I had been living more than falling off, they start getting upset. That is a real test of sorts. Like how important is this to you? That's the paralysis. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak, they talk to you, they will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says with Courtney and Eric. Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to be talking about paradigms and paradigm paralysis in particular. We've talked about paradigms in a episode previously. If you recall, paradigms are the programs that are running your operating system. Everything around you is somehow a result of a paradigm that you are operating from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to know what kind of paradigms you have, then you can just look around you yeah, look and at the see the results you're that you're getting. Mm. Yes. And then you'll know what you're believing and expecting in your life because it's right there, right in front of you. It's kind of crazy. Again, back to this hologram, interactive hologram that we're living in and how the inside of our mind and heart becomes the outside of the world that we live in mm-hmm. even the people that we involved with like you that's a, that's a great thing for me to reflect on though that it, you're a part of my life so there must be a pretty positive paradigm around mm-hmm. relationships yeah totally you must really love yourself in some big ways because i love you so much mm, yeah that's true that's true and the same goes for you so uh, what kind of my dogs? I got some. Oh. I got some loving ass dogs, man. These yeah, are some really good dogs right here. So yeah, what were we gonna say? I am curious about your uh, some other paradigms that you have. Is there a paradigm that comes to mind? Like let's let's for the sake of coaching and for the people out there thinking about what kind of paradigms do I have that are maybe negatively affecting my life. What are some negative, what's a negative paradigm that you have, Eric, that's getting you negative results, results mm-hmm. that you don't want. You want different results. That I want better results. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I guess I'm going to keep going back to this, this uh, money one, you know, it, it's, it's something that I have been continuing to try to work on for the past few months in particular. And I do see improvements for sure. But I also see a lot of room for improvement because every time I start to make a little step forward, um, I get that that paralyzing feeling, which is really going to be the bulk of what we talk about today is, is paradigm paralysis. It's a very real thing, and it's what actually prevents us from altering those paradigms and making them into positive paradigms. So... When I get there, when I get to thinking and and seeing things happen in my life where it's it's about to change that paradigm, I feel you know that fear. What am I gonna do? Like if I if or when I start 
making, you know, better money or the money that, you know, or achieving this goal, um, I start to be afraid of what I might do because in my past I know that I have, I've not been responsible with money. I mean, I've done good with it in that I've tried to help other people enjoy themselves, but it's always been through like drugs and alcohol, you know, like if I make a bunch of money, then I just want to take friends out and party. And, you know, that's helpful to an extent, not, not long term. And over the past few years, I continue to see myself providing employment for people and opportunities for people. And I know that that feels better, but there's still this little part of me in the background that's saying, oh, if you have a surplus of money, then you're just going to spend it on you know, things that don't produce the best results, mm. you know, um, or I think about like clothes. I don't have a ton of clothes. I'm not a big clothes shopper, but I do feel like there's a tendency to just like buy and replace clothes. And so I feel like there's a little bit of a wastefulness that goes along mm-hmm. with that. And I don't know. I I don't want to be wasteful with money. So definitely have a paradigm, a negative paradigm around how much money I can or should have at my disposal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting how this is a paradigm that is so common Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. spiritual Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. is associating money and wealth financial wealth with material things and gluttony and Mm -hmm. like a kind of guilt for Mm -hmm. definitely for asking for that that trade uh money for services and that if you are assisting and supporting in a spiritual way then shouldn't you be doing that for free right shouldn't you it's like if i if i have a physical product that i'm selling i have a much easier kind of time taking money in exchange for that right like when i was when i when i sell physical mushrooms right it's like hey here's some shiitake these are worth 15 dollars a pound period but when it comes to support in the psychedelic space or uh, coaching kind of stuff where it's just me providing my time and my thought and and spiritual energy that I do have a, it is tough for me to equate that to a number. And, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever really concretely thought about that until you just said that just now. So I really appreciate you helping me think about that um yeah i've got very similar paradigms Mm -hmm. that i am improving all the time and improving as in understanding that just because that is a belief that i have held and that other people hold that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's true Mm -hmm. and it could actually be flipping it on its side and looking looking at it from different sides and understanding that it could actually be holding me back from being able to be of service to mm-hmm. people in a greater mm-hmm. way and 
seeing more and more that that is actually the case when mm-hmm. I limit my value, when I feel like by asking for that type of trade mm-hmm. with currency mm-hmm. for my services, then that means I am taking something from people. And in fact, when I believe that, I'm doing a disservice to them. Yeah, because you're actually Be- giving people something very valuable. Exactly. And if I come at providing services like that, then I'm telling them that that's what they should do too. You know, if I'm saying, oh, you know, I don't want to charge you very much because I'm doing this from my heart and I want Mm -hmm. you to really benefit and not pay very much, then A, I'm telling them this isn't valuable for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to get back is a small return for a small... Uh, investment and I'm not giving them permission to do what they do in a big way and provide great service and give a great service and be have that returned to them yeah I mean when I sit and think about it in those terms you know I've spent thousands upon thousands of hours growing in uh, spiritual awareness and metaphysical awareness and I have a pretty oh <laughs> little girl uh, I have a pretty vast knowledge when it comes to the internal world and I was thinking about this this morning as I was driving around the other school and how you know I have spent the majority of my life, like 90% of my life, developing my spiritual and mental capabilities, focusing on those aspects of self. And I have neglected the material aspect of my life. And that is not spiritually healthy. It's Mm -hmm. not mentally healthy. It's not physically healthy. There has to be a balance. And so I do feel like realizing that I'm coming to the point where uh, I'm ready to bring it into balance and I'm working to bring it into balance um, because I don't believe that we live in a world where you should be some self-depreciating monk sitting on the side of a hill dressed in, you know, the only robe that you have. We live in a world that is engaged and active and there are endless resources for us to all I mean look God if we would reappropriate some of the resources that we're putting towards war everybody could be driving the fucking baddest car everybody could be wearing the nicest clothes everybody could have the best education and be eating Mm -hmm. great food you know so and that is a spiritual teaching (laughs) she's saying she has a lot to say about this yeah she wants to get in it She's like, I would like some She's nice. Like, Daddy, I came to this world to have nice things. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you shift that paradigm before I. <laughs> She's definitely get had too me thinking now. about that, you know, because like this is another paradigm. This is probably a negative paradigm that I've had is that, you know, boys should be tough and should just like, you know, do without, right? Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. just tough it up. That's like I always heard growing up. Suck it up and go on, and. When I think about her, I think in in pretty different terms. Like I want her to have, you know, 
not the easy life, but I do want her to have all of the opportunities and all the resources. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I don't want the same thing for Theo. Uh, I know that I have been operating under a paradigm, whether good or not, that, you know, the the ladies <laughs> deserve a little better treatment than the, than the, bo- the boys. And so anyway, it's, it's just interesting. Rolling with the punches. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. What about that paradigm? How you feel about that? I mean, that's a paradigm that I'm, I'm even right now, I'm struggling with this. Like, okay, here we are doing a podcast and we've got a kid in the background and it's like, you know, who's going to take this thing seriously? Other parents who are trying to do big things with their children at Mm -hmm. home and mothers like myself who have worked full time with babies on them all day, every day Mm -hmm. and making shit happen and knowing they're not alone. Yeah. No, I I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right the way (laughs) I'm thinking. Uh, I'm just acknowledging, you know, these paradigms like the, that's, that's a very male paradigm is that the children are off somewhere else while you're getting things done, right? Well. That's a male paradigm. That's a particularly yeah. a male paradigm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. Right. Or, you know, but then there's also, in the professional world for women, there's very much that same male-enforced paradigm that children don't mm-hmm. belong in the workplace and that if you're going to be focused and you're going to do whatever, then you need to put your kids in daycare. Right. You know. Well, it does create a more challenging situation as far as accomplishing certain things when you have a baby feeding Mm. on your body and having its needs so there's no doubt about it it creates some more challenges but going back to paradigms and looking at them from different angles right just because that's the case that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It might mean we can create well, that's where the, the circumstances. Right. So we can get creative and realize there is a way. Mm-hmm. We can take a different perspective. We can cultivate a, a little bit different of an environment to make sure that women have opportunities uh, to bring their children to work. What does that look like? Well, maybe it looks like different, more flexible working hours or. And also that men are there taking care of kids too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for all this time, it's just been, that's what the women do it. And that is a paradigm. That doesn't mean that that's the way that it should be. Right. You know, but what you said there about this kind of like, uh, you said something that, that touched on the kind of paralysis. Like when we get to that, Mm-hmm. like that fear like right we can look at it from different angles mm-hmm. and create you know our circumstances it's that whole understanding that we create our circumstances mm. and we're not subservient to them and so we can get a little creative and like I'm telling myself right now as I'm trying to help Ananda be comfortable while we're doing this podcast, uh, a paradigm kicks in. You can't do this. Mm. You can't be successful and have children. Like you can't have your own career and Mm -hmm. 
have a purpose other than being a mother. Exactly. Yeah. Because and that I'm, kicks in. And then all of a sudden I'm paralyzed. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, I can't all of a sudden that's all I can think. And that's my limiting belief. And it, it it's then I stop right no, there. No, I feel and it physically locking me up. I feel it like she starts making noise and I'm just like, we fuck this. We can't do this. Right. This, this is bullshit. We can't. But like that's bullshit because we were all kids. There's kids all around. It's a good chance that somebody's listening to this thing right now and they got a fucking kid running around them, you know? Yeah. And they're probably like, exactly. oh, that's great. Somebody, so, like, and every time we overcome this paradigm paralysis, every time we, we just do the thing that needs to be done or that we want to do, we're helping other people do the same thing. Yeah. And I, that's the thing. Like, I want other people, I want other people to make good money and to be, like, have a very rich and wealthy life. And so if I want that for other people, then I've got to do that for myself. I've mm-hmm. got to make that a reality for me so that I can show other people. Yeah. Because all these things, we can we can sit and talk and teach and all we want. But if we're not doing it, mm-hmm. then like nobody's going to really be learning from us. They're going to see us saying things and then see us doing other things. Yeah. And, you know, you already know where that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you have never made this much noise, Ananda. No, she's really going. Put the mic up. Give her, give her, give her the mic. Huh? Don't get paralyzed. It's just a paradigm. You can talk. Yeah. Okay, that was a great contribution. Did you just break through a paradigm? (laughs) Did she have that panic? Did you see that panic? Did you see that doubt? Did you see that fear come up in her eyes? Yeah, she said, I'm breaking through it. Not today. (laughs) Not today. Not hold me back today. No more. No more. (laughs) No, but that's interesting, that feeling in the body, like even when I start to think about the things or when she started initially making that noise, and, you know, you fortunately are, you know, you have helped me overcome my paradigms and I help you overcome your paradigms. And it's just so obvious how much we need each other to get through. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, all these paradigms are just a perspective. Yeah. And we need perspective of others to help us evaluate whether or not our perspective is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with as far as her and having a baby and trying going for my goals even still um I learned through having to do it with our son Mm -hmm. with our first child that we had together and financially like I had to work Mm -hmm. and what sense does it make paying for childcare when you know, you're just like going to work to pay for childcare. Right. And so like I had to do it and I had to break through that paradigm and ask the owner of the business I was working for. Like, I know this has never happened before, but like, I want to bring my baby to work. Mm-hmm. Like, can I, <laughs> is this an option? And really being in a situation where like I had to figure out how to make it work. And so that's, 
part of the reason why making an investment in yourself, like say with coaching, like we did last year, you know, Mm. we threw down a bunch of money Mm. that was kind of like all the money we had Mm. to make that commitment to ourselves that we're going to do what it takes because um, we have to. Yeah, no, I mean, I realized I, I saw very clearly where I was limiting myself and where I was like falling back into these loops. Mm-hmm. And as much as I've used psychedelics, I realized that they were helpful, um, but they were not fully breaking me out of the loop. And then I had to reprogram my mind mm-hmm. period and it's it's an ongoing process and it will be an ongoing process yeah for the rest of my life i'm sure mm-hmm. you know because um, yeah. these beliefs man it's just so god it's so crazy and that's why I like i want my children to to be able to break through any kind of limiting beliefs that they have earlier on you know it wasn't i was what in my 30s i mean i've always kind of been like a risk taker and had done what I wanted to do. Um, but I was well into my thirties before I really started to say it can be different for you than it was for your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just, they just, they're so deeply ingrained by our parents and by our culture and by our community and the yeah. histor- history, the wave of history that has led us where we are right now you're a paradigm breaking champ i mean looking at so why is this the money family thing that you so came from? fucking hard though you know it's like why do i well i really want to understand or, or or you know do i even need to understand why i don't really need to understand why i just Not need to why but like reprogram. maybe looking at what is the keeping this paradigm what is it costing you financially i mean like what is it what is it costing you well it's what is preventing me from doing is helping more people because i know like i know that when i have money like i do good things with it you know yeah you've seen in the last year you know with the farm and stuff and with the people that the the employees there Mm -hmm. you know and you've seen different even with pledge here and the money that i have like thrown into these projects to give people work and and Mm -hmm. meaning meaningful work so i know that that that's what i will do if i have a surplus what i need to get over though is not allowing myself to feel really good about having really nice things Yeah, because that you brought up the clothes example earlier that having all these clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have this association with having an excess Mm -hmm. and being wasteful Mm -hmm. and turning that around and looking at, well, how can I have higher quality things and be of greater service if if that's one of the the things holding you back is if I have a lot of money, I'm being wasteful. Well, what if, if you have a lot of money, you can give money to clothing companies that are, or even doing better work, paying people better, not funding sweatshops and, and yeah. Or, but like, let's just like, why should I not have 
Or why should anybody in this world where, again, how many trillions of fucking dollars are spent daily dropping bombs on people? Like, why should anybody not have a closet full of clothes that every year or two they decide to go through and give some away to Goodwill? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, that's right. what would end up happening. There's people like, that's that what will would end up gladly happening. Yeah, so, like, clothes. this is just such a bullshit kind of mentality that I have around not having around excess like what the fuck should i not have when you've got you know bezos or whoever all these people that just have just like so much more i mean just exponential or elon musk is shot a fucking car into orbit around <laughs> mars yeah. you know like why should any one of us people myself included mm-hmm. not be able to drive a corvette or have a closet full of nice clothes. Have ten pairs of fucking shoes. I remember I had a friend back. See, this is this is going to be a really good example of of me seeing this paradigm. But I remember I had a friend back years ago, uh, and this is another thing. Gosh, hey folks, I hope this is helping somebody else besides me. <laughs> but like, sure I, I, I'm thinking back. Like, one of the places I can I can feel this kind of it feels like an anger boils in and this is where I get really, I get stopped. This is where my paralysis really comes into play. I can remember being younger and having friends whose parents were wealthy and the friends didn't have to do anything to get money and to have nice things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember being in my twenties and I had a friend who had like, I don't know, probably 10 pairs of Jordans that he just had lined up against his wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And I and I would, in, in all of these situations, I just thought to myself, like, like, what a fucking waste. What a fucking waste. What, a, and, or like, what a privileged jackass, you know? That was in very, and I'm being very honest here, I would think those things about even my friends, like, what a fuck, what a privileged fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would feel sorry for myself, mm. you know? Yeah. Which is, if there's any, if there's a mental paradigm that I have been working through, it is that. And I know there's a lot of people that, that struggle with that, you know, this kind of poor mm-hmm. me situation. Yeah. And so that's interesting seeing how these two are kind of intertwined in myself. Like, of course, if you're thinking poor me, then what are you going to be? You're going to be fucking poor. You're going to be poor, you. Yeah, yeah. Why, are, why are you hanging out with somebody like me? Shit. Why am I hanging out with somebody <laughs> like yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, no, hey, that's a good question because I have similar paradigms around money. Like, and I mean, that's not, I mean, you're reflecting that within me. We're all reflecting our paradigms to each other Mm -hmm. and your wealthy friend growing up with all the Jordans. That was a great opportunity for you to realize where you're holding yourself back. I do know that now I'm seeing people like I have friends that have wealth and I'm happy for them. Mm. Right. Like I'm legitimately happy for those people to have the things that they have. Yeah. And that feels better and it is better. And it does allow me a little bit more permission 
mm-hmm. you know, to have the same things. But right. it's, God, it's, it's... Like, hey, there's wealthy people that are nice people, that are good to people. Yeah, even these people that I'm thinking about when I was a kid, they it was not like they weren't nice people. Right. You know? Yeah. And when, like, when I think back to when we first met and we mm-hmm. were both just barely floating, mm-hmm. basically at all times, yeah. like, sometimes five dollars in the bank account type mm-hmm. of situation and when you're when you're broke like that you shop at places like walmart mm-hmm. these like conglomerate places that are just making bank on you being broke mm-hmm. and oftentimes i've seen that in friendships and other people who are really really wanting the best for other people and living and trying to live more in connection with their true selves that they also have this paradigm around I need to be broke like I need to be financially poor in order to be a true servant or Mm -hmm, spiritual mm -hmm, servant mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. something like that and then they have to shop at Walmart Mm -hmm. like that doesn't make sense (laughs) Like it doesn't add up Mm -hmm. you can't be of service to the world and not be able to feed yourself well. So like, interesting. That doesn't it doesn't equate. No, no. But what I'm thinking <laughs> about, I'm thinking about how when I decided to start the the retreats in Jamaica, there was nothing that was going to stop me. I just I knew that there was this paradigm that said you can't do this, but I said fuck you. I never had a paralysis around that Mm -hmm. because I knew that that was going to be for the spiritual and mental improvement of countless people. I just knew it. I knew that. But when it came to me charging a fair fucking price, Mm -hmm. I paralyzed. I froze up. Yeah. And it's just so... It's so interesting to me seeing this in myself and and really exploring this. And I really hope that listeners are not like just like this is not just a ramble, right? I'm this is something that so many people go through. Money is a big one. It's a big one, and I think that there is some in, you know design behind that. Like when I think back to my Catholic upbringing, imagine this: you're in a Catholic church. There's gold everywhere. That mm-hmm. was stolen from the, the native South Americans. Mm-hmm. And they're telling you, blessed are the poor. Mm. The fuck is that? What do you mean, blessed are the poor? Yeah. That's some shit. Yeah. And it's still what's being told. And we're still this this social paradigm. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. And meanwhile, who's dropping bombs? Who's driving Rolls Royces? The leaders, the people who are in charge. So I think we all, as a society, we all can really shift this parent. Again, that's why I fuck. I love Bob Proctor, man. I see this guy has been. Mm-hmm. He has really done so much good for me in in rethinking this whole paradigm. There is absolutely everybody that's listening to this thing right now. There is absolutely enough resources for you and me, all of us, to live comfortable enjoyable lives of wonderful food and nice clothes and nice houses if we stop putting money into the 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 destruction and we stop believing this 
fucking line that, you know, blessed are the poor. And that's from the well, spiritual teachers. Is <laughs> anyway, go ahead, sorry. Blessed. I mean that, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic, so like to well, that's me the Bible. To me, time. well, yeah, but when I hear blessed are the poor, okay, yeah, and blessed are the rich and blessed are all of us. I mean, I you can't just say you can't say ju- the only ones that are blessed but are you, the poor. But if you if you if you have a book that in mass is being fed to the public, right? right this is what the people the the vast majority of I mean, all Christians, but a large percentage of the planet yeah. are reading as the guidebook to life and it tells you basically that you should be happy to be poor. And yeah. then you look around and you see, look at look at the religions, look at the majority of the Christian religions. The people who are leading the show are not living poor. But yeah. the parishioners, in large part, you know, there's this kind of, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's a generalized statement. I'm not saying this is the way it always is. There's plenty of people that are going to church, good people have money. I consider myself a, you know, a spiritual religious person. I mean, we started a church, but like, it's, it's just really, really interesting to me how deeply ingrained this, this be okay with what you've got mentality is mm-hmm. when that's not the truth, that that's not how we should be living. Right. And that's not the nature of the human being. The nature of the human being is not to be okay with what they've got. The nature of the human yeah. being is to ever increase and have a better standard of living. Yeah. So then why is it that the manual for life is telling us, sit down, be happy with what you got, be blessed because you're poor. Yeah. It's a paradigm. I mean, that's I think being like that's an, that's an excerpt that was, I know there's other examples in the Bible. There ain't nowhere in the Bible that says it's good for you to be rich. I've read the Bible many times, and there ain't nowhere that says, that extols the average person being rich, that says, you know, you should seek riches. It money The love of money is the root of all evil is what it says. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll do some looking into. <laughs> yeah, look, I've read the book many multiple times. I mean, I'm not a, like... Again, yeah, I haven't read the Bible, but we're working through this book, The Science of Being Great. And I know there's some examples of messages from Jesus that we are, we essentially, we have infinite yeah, wealth. Yeah, because like that's we, the truth. And I am n- none the same as the one that created me, and neither are you mm-hmm. different from that. Like, we're all... um created from the same substance mm-hmm. and but this, you know the jesus that we get is a very watered down version of the person that possibly lived and we don't even know that he was alive there's no other historical reference to jesus outside yeah. of the bible but yeah, for sure regardless the greatest teachers have told us that there is infinite abundance and we know that there is that there is like There's dark matter that everything comes from. Like, <laughs> you know, you and I were kind of laughing about the uh, the notion of the Big Bang. Yeah. But that's really what it is. I mean, it's like everything comes from nothing. Yeah. So, like, there's 
it's just all it's just there's ever more everything yeah you know yeah this is a huge conversation around money in that particular paradigm and that's um says a lot about how many how many perspectives we can take on about certain beliefs and this is applicable to our relationships this is applicable to i mean all of our relationships romantic friendships in our career um at home abroad uh paradigms can be found anywhere and everywhere and yeah like we said earlier look around and everything that you see is a result of a paradigm that you hold mm-hmm. and this big beautiful painting behind me like that was a belief that I had that I deserved this painting mm-hmm. like I, w- I believed that and it became mine yeah I believed you know like I, all of it so I don't have to point out all the different examples but what I think is important to that we do talk about in and what I'm feeling and maybe this is not the only way that we overcome the paradigm paralysis uh, but I, I feel as I start really digging into this paradigm that I have around money, I get kind of like, not angry, but I get like fueled. I'm like, oh, what the, I start looking around like, what the fuck have I been telling myself? Like I've been lying to myself. Yeah. I've been lied to. I've been convinced of this thing that has limited me. And by limiting me is limiting my ability to help other people, which is means it's limiting the good that they can have, Mm -hmm. you know? So this, I don't know this fuel that we can use to mm-hmm. get through this this paralysis. And that's it's actually the same thing that I used to start the retreats because there were people saying, you can't do this. There were definitely paradigms that were coming up and saying, you can't. And I was just like, the fuck, I can't, you know? And, you know, I should have that same, I, I do. I want to bring that same mentality to making money. Because I want to have a big-ass, beautiful mushroom farm that's growing amazing food for so many people to consume and to teach people about. And I want to have land that we can preserve and that can be an educational forest that can last for generations and generations. And I want to just, there's so many things that I want to do that require money. And so, like, yeah, to, to for for all of us, everybody out there, if you can think about the different paradigms that you hold, and some of them are good they can always be improved on but a lot of the paradigms that we have are very limiting and they paralyze us from moving forward so how can you find the fire to to like to light yourself to really you know crash through that boundary yeah and coming back to your big vision of a much better world not only for yourself, but for your family and your community. Like you were just saying with the mushroom farm, what amazing things that would do for so many people. If you had so much money to put towards a mushroom farm and to put towards better support for people who are experiencing themselves with different plant medicines and, like just all the great things you can do with yeah, money and different and modalities of experiencing plant medicines. You know, right now we got this push towards medicalization. That's not the way that I believe it should go. Yeah. You could put more money towards funding research towards different types of experiences with plant medicine and not like in 
clinical settings in a pill, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or I would build multiple sanctuaries, multiple churches, if you will, temples mm-hmm. where people can go and experience these medicines and I pay, you know, pe- like if I know somebody that's, that's as, as, is as experienced and as, is as knowledgeable and as skilled as I am in psilocybin space, like that person is easily worth $100,000 a year. Easily. I mean, this is like yeah. some of the most powerful work you can do to change lives. Why would I not throw that person a quarter million dollars a year for doing mm-hmm. that work? When they're, you know, if you if you can work with, let's just say, 15 people a month, times that by 12, that's what, 300? I think it's 300. I'm just, I don't know. how. Anyway, if it's three, <laughs> let's just say 300, right? Yeah. Like $1,000 a person to change lives for forever? Yeah. Well, it's fucking nothing. yeah, you, you need, that's the thing with this, it's very faulty, this paradigm in the spiritual community about needing to basically give services away is that doesn't work. That's not sustainable. And that's not, it's just not sustainable. You can't. Uh, and we saw this, we know this very intimately mm-hmm. when we started running retreats that if you are holding a space for someone and you, in order to be present for that person, you need to have your shit taken care of behind yeah. the scenes. You can't be stressing out about how your kids are going to get fed yeah. and yeah. how they're going to get to school. And like, no, that doesn't work. Like you need to be able to be uh, calm and centered and, know that your people are taken care of. And so that means you need to hire someone to help you with, you know, we're living in 2021. There's emails to answer. There's phones to answer. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. bills to pay and IRS has to be called. And like, oh you know, you can't do all that shit and sit and hold space for someone while they're discovering in the most vulnerable way themselves and the existence that they're swimming in. Like, no, That's you need, so true. yeah. So, Gosh. We've got to take a step outside of the box we've been living in and reassess and ask ourselves, you know, we find ourselves in these situations over and over again, whatever it may be, if it's financial distress, if it's distress in our partnerships uh, with our children at home, or we're back in that job that we're miserable at notice that and allow yourself to understand things can be different and we absolutely can think in a different way that allows us to be in a way more pleasant situation and be of better service Mm. to everybody Mm And that's what brings me back when I find myself in this paralysis state mm-hmm. of, okay, I decided that I'm not going to have this belief anymore about not deserving to have enough money <laughs> to, and have more than enough money. And then the paralysis sets in remembering my big vision, like com- coming back to that. How mm-hmm. can pushing through this, Mm -hmm. how can I prove to myself, not just myself, but how can I prove to others that life can be so much better? I'm going to show that it's not just about me. It's about 
other people mm-hmm. too. I'm going to show other people as well yeah. that you can get through this. You can have a great relationship. You can have a bank account that has plenty of money to give and um, have great things. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's. I think it's important that we like write these things down. We get really attached. We visualize. We spend some real time visualizing. And this is something I've kind of fallen away from in the last couple of weeks. I need, I'm going to come back to is really visualizing what I would do with a bunch mm-hmm. of money. Remember that exercise yeah. we did? Like just imagine if you were making $20,000 a day, let's just imagine you were getting 20 K a day. That's a huge amount, but let's just imagine what For you a lot do. of people. It's not for a lot of people. Well. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like within a week, like all of my, <laughs> like even before a week within like three days I'm like okay I've got all the stuff that I want now like what kind of good what kind of stuff are we going to start doing out there beyond our own little personal sphere mm-hmm. and so you can get it like emotionally attached emotionally involved because mm-hmm. that's what it that's what it comes down to right is I'm like I'm emotionally involved with the paradigm I get emotionally involved with this idea okay well I don't deserve this or well if I have that then this means that and that that is the gravitational pull that keeps right. us coming back to that 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 point. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we can get em- emotionally involved to another perspective, yeah, then we will be pulled to that, and it will eventually, if we can just keep coming to that emotional involvement and that engagement, it will eventually pull us over the line of that paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So if we get really committed to this vision if every day we step back into that vision that which can be it takes a lot of energy at first to Mm -hmm. form a new Mm -hmm. vision of how things can be and even will be different for you when it comes to the money thing those old paradigms they kick in when you're trying to form that new vision of how things could be really amazing the new those old paradigms kick in and it's like it takes energy to form a better vision yeah and there's going to be friends and family that kind of try to pull you back you know because Mm -hmm. again our surroundings are our paradigm so if if we're in a kind of poverty paradigm then you like look around who are you hanging out with and when you try to break away from that then you know they're going to try to pull you Pull yeah. you back into that. I'm glad you brought that up because that's been something in every transition in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I make the decision that, okay, this is really important to me that I create a different reality for myself and other people, then those people who had supported me in the ways I had been living start falling off and sometimes not even more than falling off. They start getting upset sometimes. And that is a real test of sorts. Like how important is this to you? That's part of the paralysis because it's a conversation. And sometimes it looks like an argument. It can be that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just an argument with the other person. It's, 
or a conversation with another person that's telling you, are you sure you want to do this? Like, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if that happens? That's a conversation with ourselves ultimately Mm -hmm. that we're having to have Mm -hmm. if we want to, that's just asking us, is this really important to you? How important is it? Mm -hmm. And is Mm -hmm. it, if it is, then, then say yes, yes, this is what I want. This is going to make the world a better place. I mean, the only person that you have to live with is yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. Uh, So like that's, that's the ultimate thing we got to come to. I feel like is like, are you going to be, are you going to be like really like happy with yourself if you continue on this path, if you stay where you are? And I think everybody knows that that's just not what we do. We don't, as human beings, we don't stay where we are. Mm-hmm. We keep growing. Hopefully, and I feel like this is where you and I really match up in our paradigm, is that we are, we have, have since we've known each other, we're like courageously trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, that's what we find in our lives, is people who, we, who are also moving forward so that whenever we shift our paradigm, we don't, you know, lose all of our, our community. Because mm-hmm. it's ex- it's extremely important to have the support right. of of friends and family and people who do want to see you improve the quality of your life. Because it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to take some, like, like you, the, you, the amount of encouragement that we give each other, you know, is really... It's really inspirational, even to me from the inside. I'm like, man, this is such a beautiful thing that we encourage each other the way that we do. And I want that for other people. I want other, I want everybody to have relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. lovers that are like, yeah, you got this. Yeah, me too. That's, and that's another paradigm <clears throat> that I've had is if I am living my truth and speaking my my truth and questioning certain things, then people won't feel comfortable around me anymore. Mm. And I'm the type of person that people feel comfortable around. And that can still be true, but it can look differently than I've thought that it looks. Mm. Being comfortable around somebody doesn't mean, well, it's all relative. Like, some people are comfortable around people who don't speak up mm-hmm. and some people are comfortable around people who do speak up and ask questions when they don't understand and mm-hmm. try and get to the bottom of something. And I'm realizing that I'm definitely more comfortable around people who ask questions and mm-hmm. don't just accept everything the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way, but I didn't know that. I don't think until recently And so now that I've started embracing that, that, you know what, I actually am the type of person that asks questions and I don't settle and I want the best for myself and my family. And I'm voicing that some people don't feel the same way that have been close to me in my life. And it's not a good fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because that's how I've always seen you. I've always seen you as someone who did value questioning and did value, um, you know, not just taking things at a surface level, but wanting to dig deeper about the whatever is underneath of 
behavior. Yeah, I have always been that way, but I haven't stepped into that Mm. outwardly. So I think that's a really interesting way for me to conceptualize this financial thing. I mean, I I, I have always considered myself as someone who has endless resources. I have always... Like I can remember there's just been so many times that like I didn't have something and I was like, I, it's coming. I don't have to worry. I know it's coming. And sure enough, it would. There's been times when I've thought like, <laughs> I don't know, there's so many things that I can think about like trees or, you know, you know, I love plants. And there've been times where I would think, oh, I wish I had this certain thing. And then I would realize, ah, the earth is mine. Like I have it all. Mm-hmm. I have it all. The, my backyard is Australia. I have a, pl- a I have platypuses. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. what the fuck ever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but like I've conceptualized that, but I haven't stepped into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of the same thing that you're talking about, and like, and so now, like, maybe it's time, or maybe I can, or definitely it's time, and definitely I can step into that, and not only acknowledge that. The world is mine, mm-hmm. but like, you know, pull some of that into my grasp mm-hmm. and then distribute it out like this is everybody's my family. Everybody's my friends. And like, yeah, you know, that's what I want to do is I want to help my family and friends live better, fuller lives. So yeah. this has been an interesting conversation. Yeah, it and sure has. It's, so helped, it's helped me like really butt up against that, that paradigm that paralysis that comes with confronting my paradigm and it's also fueling the fire that really wants me to break through through that yeah thanks thank you i am really grateful we have this podcast and this is certainly helping me discover myself in a new way and knowing that people are you out there you're listening and reflecting on the things that I'm talking about and Eric is talking about my intention is to share authentically and be helpful so I sure hope that that is uh, what this podcast is doing for you those that are listening I'm confident that it is yeah so the next episode we are talking about risk taking dun, 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 dun. Ooh, this is one we do a lot of around Gosh, here yeah but it like shit <gasps> like wow now i gotta take the risk and make some money <laughs> <laughs> seriously like, I, it's like it. I do like I, I yes i take risks but then there are certain risks that i'm afraid to take and that's where this paradigm i'm really um it's it's just so and the thing is like like we've talked about the these things so many times, you know, this is like kind of what our conversations are like all the time. Yeah. But the more we the more we look at our perspective and every time we look at our perspective, we're looking at it a little bit differently. Then we're able to understand a little bit better and we're able to become a little bit closer to our potential. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that the, I know that these conversations help people uh, and cause, because people are messaging us and telling us that they are so yeah uh, you all we all all of us you guys all and gals we are all (laughs) like infinite amazing 
quantum creatures that can literally do, literally pluck from nothing into something with our thoughts and our attention. So let's all just continue to refine that and really realize how beautiful and powerful we all are. And let's make this world a better place for each other. Yep, we're doing it. Till next time. Till next time. And the beating of the drum.
done for people that want to get into real estate. It wasn't the suicide of the house. It was the suicide of how the success of the business. It was 